that I ever had was a Toshiba notebook. Now, how many of you, like me, you've been around for a while and you've kind of seen the, the evolution of computers and it's been amazing. In fact, it was kind of one of the first laptops and seriously, the screen was about that big. You know, now they're, they're like huge. They're like, you know, huge TVs almost in what we do. And, and I remember that thing and I don't remember a lot of the specs, but it had a 486 processor. Some of you that are techno geek guys, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I totally remember that one. And, and the memory of the hard drive wasn't measured in terabytes, gigabytes, or even kilobytes, but in megabytes. I mean, it was, didn't hardly have any memory whatsoever. And, and it was as fast as a caterpillar. I mean, seriously, you could fire that sucker up and you could go get you a coffee. By the time you got back to, from the coffee, that thing would be just about ready to start working on it. And, and, as, and as slow as it was, and, and what's weird is for us, it felt fast. Y'all remember that? Because it felt like, watch this. This thing will fire up in about five minutes. It's amazing. You're going to be freaked out. Nowadays, if we had to go back to there, we'd throw it away. You say, forget that thing, man, now, because if it's not fired up within a nanosecond, something's wrong with my computer. But the most, probably the most frustrating thing about, about it was that it would lock up from time to time. And, and for those of you that still use PCs, uh, I'm an Apple guy, so we, we won't get into the debate on PC and Apple, though apples are better. Uh, we won't get into that today. But, but when I had that PC or when I had PC, they, they would lock up a lot. And, and what would happen is that you'd have to restart it. You'd have to reset it. Because it's so frustrating. You were moving towards a program that you wanted to open up, and you couldn't move forward, nor could you go back. So you had to hit the reset button. And I think that's what happens in our lives a lot. We get a a, a picture in our mind. Something negative happens. There's a challenge that we deal with. There's something that that goes on in our life, and suddenly this this thing in our mind becomes the thing that we, we see all the time. Maybe, maybe it was something that someone said to us or said over us. Maybe it's a, a financial situation. Maybe it's something going on in our marriage. And it's literally frozen on the, the, the screen of our life. And what we need to do is we need to hit the reset button. We need to hit the reset button so that we can go back and so that we can move on with our life and get our lives moving in a positive direction. And and the amazing thing about it is a lot of times we don't even recognize that we need to reset. I tell you, the people around you do. When they listen to you talk, they watch the way that you interact, they they think you just need to hit the reset button in your life. This past week I was reading a devotional called The Power of Redeeming Thoughts. And, and I send out a devotion to a lot of people every week, and they always speak to me. They're always just, to me, amazing. But, but this one was incredible because there was a verse that was part of the devotion that I had read a lot of times. I'd, I'd preached on it, talked about it, knew it. You know, I, I've been a Christian most of my life. And, and yet, when I read this verse, here, here it is in Philippians chapter 4, it says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is the Apostle Paul. All right, the guy who wrote over half the New Testament, he's writing to the church at Philippi and he's telling some things and he's saying, hey, one final thing. How many of you know that last words are important? Last thing that you want to say to your kids when, when you're leaving, you, those things are pretty important that you're saying to them, right? And he says this, fix your thoughts on what is true. Well, Pastor Richie, we know that. We do know that, but how often do we fix our thoughts on what we feel? 
on what, what the enemy is lying to us about, something the enemy is saying to us that's contradicting the word of God, but we are fixing our thoughts on the wrong thing. We're not fixing our thoughts on what is true. Watch this, and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Can I tell you, if if in 2019, that was the only thing that you did, your year would be amazing. Because what we have a tendency to think is, Richie, you don't understand, I'm a realist. I want to focus on the problem. I'm with you. Because that's where I was. It's easy for me when I'm walking through something or dealing with something to get so focused on the problem that I stop and I don't focus on the solution. I don't recognize that God has promised me in his word to never let me down. God has promised me in his word to never let me down. God has promised me in his word to never let me down. That song we were singing just a few minutes ago, I want you to know that God's words promised you and I, he's not ever going to let us down. Not ever. Well, Pastor Richie, you don't know how God has let me down. I promise you people will let you down. I promise you the circumstances are going to let you down. But I promise you today, God is not ever going to let you down. He'll never let you down. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know I'm freaking some of you out by walking up next to you today. But I want you to know today that God's not ever going to let you down. He will never, ever, 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 ever let you down. Now, I will say this. Sometimes we don't understand what he's doing. And sometimes when we don't understand what he's doing, we think that he's let us down. My, my kids, when they were growing up, they thought I let them down all the time. Yeah, I wouldn't let them pe- play in the street. Wouldn't let them play with fire. Wouldn't let them go to people's house that I wasn't comfortable with. And they thought I let them down. I didn't let them down. In fact, I stood up. I stood up and did the right thing so that they could walk in the right thing. And you got to know today, God is not ever going to let you down. So just think, if what happens, if you think instead of, well, I'm just such a realist, I became a faith person instead of a real person. Let me tell you, faith is as real as being real. It's just unseen in the moment. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, even before the evidence of the thing is seen. And just so you know, that's what Christianity is. So if you bought into my Christianity is about everything that I can see, understand, and get my mind wrapped around, you're not ever going to move where you're at. You are stuck, and you need to hit the reset button in your life and allow God to do something fresh in your life. See, it's like the hard drive in my brain sometimes gets frozen, and I get stuck, and I, again, I don't realize that I'm stuck until all of a sudden I'm reading the Word of God. Or somebody's sharing me one of the promises from God's word. And all of a sudden, it's like the reset button in my mind gets, gets hit. And suddenly, things lift off of me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You just may have not ever heard it explained like this before. Because when it happens to me, suddenly I have these aha moments. How many times have I read that word? How many times have I preached on that word? And yet, in that moment, I need to hit the reset button. And here's why. We think that we can hit the reset button once and we're set for life. You're going to have to be continually hitting the reset button in your life. See, that's why I love the beginning of a year because it's like we all get a chance. It just feels like it's a do-over. Y'all remember playing, playing games when you were a kid and you had, had to have a do-over? Somebody 
had to leave or somebody kicked the ball out of bounds or whatever. So, all right, do over. That's what, that's what the beginning of the year feels like. It's a chance to reset our lives, to get our lives moving in a positive direction. Two things I want you to catch from that, that they're moving. Some of you have just gotten in in your relationship with God and you stopped because you think it's just about making heaven. I'm glad we're making heaven. But listen, God wants you to get on a journey with him. He wants you moving. And he wants you moving in a positive direction, not a negative direction. And people around you, the world is constantly trying to pull you in a negative direction. So we all get a chance to understand that the past is the past. Your past isn't your past when you keep dragging it along with you. When you keep talking about it. When it's the, in the frame of your mind and it's the thing you see and it's stuck there. Your past isn't your past. You get the opportunity to understand that today is the first day of the rest of your life. And you can do something with this day. Or you can allow yourself to get stuck. You can keep the wrong picture in your mind. And if you keep the wrong picture in your mind, what's going to happen that people are going to recognize is that you're going to be suffering from the plum disease. Poor little old me. Right? You've been around those people. It's not you, right? But you've been around some of those people that have that. They're constantly all the time thinking that life's unfair to them. Listen, that's why I want to invite you in 2019, this first Sunday. Great choice to be here today, by the way. Way to go. I want to encourage you to to hit the reset button in your life. Because listen, if your life is stuck, you don't have to stay there. You're, You're not defined by your past unless you choose to be defined by your past. Your past failures or failures that other people had towards you. You you don't have to stay there. Listen, and even if the computer screen isn't frozen and things are going pretty well, you need to hit the reset button also. You know why? Because just like a new phone or a new computer, you got to hit the reset button every once in a while to get the new update. And there's some of you that you're operating on something that you learned 10 years ago, and God's saying, I got some new things that I want to show you. I've fixed some issues that you've been thinking incorrectly about, and I want you to understand some things. That's why I love New Year's resolutions. I do. I'm, I'm a New Year. How many New Year's resolution people are? Just six of us. Okay, I'm going to talk to you all today. The one thing I love, no, because I know some of you don't like New Year's resolutions, and here's why we typically don't like New Year's resolutions. We, we typically have a tendency to see them as New Year's wishes. Whether it's us, something that we've done, I, I got a New, Year, New Year's wish, and every year I got the same New Year's wish, and it doesn't happen, but it's just because it was a wish rather than a resolution. But, but look at this. Here's, here's what a, a resolution, sometimes people are just wishing they can get in shape. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? Some of you are just wishing that you could learn to eat right. You're wishing that you could become financial, financially stable. You're wishing that your marriage could get better. You're wishing, 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 wishing. But look, at, it's not a resolution. Look at this definition of a resolution. A resolution is a decision or a determination. It's not a feeling, not an emotion. Okay, this is going to be the year. I'm going to lose weight. That's why gym memberships, man, they spike in January. By February, we're out. It was just a wish, right? It's a decision or a determination. It's the act of determining upon an action or a course of action. Get it? Man, is that awesome or what? Listen, 
You're not just wishing something will happen. You're making a decision to act to do something different. To do something better for change. Sometimes we just have to get to the end of ourselves where we are, I'm so tired of being this way, I'm ready to make a change. Do you know you don't have to get there? You can actually make a change before you get so desperate with it. You know, um, I'm going to talk about working out, and and I'm, by the way, am on a journey to work out. I'm not up here going, wow, Richie, you've got some love handles that I can see, and you're not quite there, so why are you talking about working out? Because I'm with you because it kind of drives me nuts when when I see somebody talking about working out or the importance of working out, and they're they're obviously not working out. But I am working out, and and, um, thank you, Brianna. Brianna always laughs at my jokes. God bless you. May you get an extra crown when you get to heaven, all right? Um, so I'm not really trying to act like, again, like I've arrived, but I'm, but I'm really on a journey to understand working out. And, and I used to hate working out. How many, how many of with you, you hate to work out? Okay, just one, two, three honest people, six, seven, 14, all right? All right, I hated to work, I mean, I seriously hated to work out. It, it's like pulling teeth. And, and I decided one day, I made a resolution, I wanna be healthy, I wasn't really interested in being hot anymore, all right? Y'all see what I got to work with, right? Recognize that's an illusion, right? So I just decided I want to be healthy. So I, what I did was I, I got a coach, and Daniel began helping me. And today, I'm, I'm exercising on a consistent basis, and I enjoy working out. Even I bunged up my shoulder last week, and you know what? I still worked out this past week. And, and, it's, and it's a change, and I'm, and I'm saying that not to say, so you can go, Pastor Richie, you're so amazing. We want to grow up just to be like you. I, I, I want you to understand that you can change. You may need to hit the reset button in your life, but you can change. You don't have to let your anger run your life. You don't have to let lust run your life. You don't have to let fear run your life. You can hit the reset button in your life and change some things about you. It's a resolution. Listen, there are a couple of factors for determining your success. They're more than what I'm going to be able to share today. But listen, the first thing that you need to do is you need to know that you need to plan. Most people don't plan to fail. They just fail to plan. They, They fail to set up and go, okay, I want to do this. So what is actually going to be my plan for doing this? And then sometimes their plan is too extreme. They've never worked out before, but they've made a decision. I'm getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to work out for two hours every day before I go to work. How many of you know, chances are pretty good you're not going to do that, right? So so do a plan, but do a plan that's doable. In fact, uh, here's, let me say it this way. Make fewer resolutions that are possible to do, and then make a plan to accomplish the goal that you want to accomplish. Write it down. Here's another one that's going to determine your success or failure, coaching. Find someone that's walked the path ahead of you, whether it's someone you pay or just someone in your life that really loves you. Find someone who knows more about what you're trying to do than you do. I'll tell you this, we have trust issues. We do. That's why when we go to the doctor, we quote WebMD to him, right? I, 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 I have this conversation with my doctor all the time. Whenever I go there, I always tell them, do people, like, oh, she goes, oh, my goodness, yes. It, it's amazing how many people, that they come in with something, and she'll go, this is what the problem is. And they'll go, well, actually, I've been on WebMD, and uh, this is the issue. And she's going, okay, knock yourself out. 
Listen, we've got to start trusting some people in our lives. There are some people that have walked ahead of you in some things, and you're not giving them the keys to your life that, hey, just tell me anything and everything that you want to do. But as you develop trust with them, they can help you do some things. Listen, it's possible that you can succeed without people, but you're making it a whole lot more challenging than, than you need to. All right? So listen, there are people who are more educated and knowledgeable about what you're trying to do. Tap into them. So listen, the end of one year, the beginning of another year is a great time for us to hit the reset button in our life. I personally think we need to be doing on a constant basis, but sometimes we can look back at a year and we can take inventory of the good things and the bad things that happened and begin to plan about what God's going to do this, in our lives in this next year. Listen, here's what the writer of Proverbs tells us to do in Proverbs 4, verse 26. It says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. That the, another way of saying that is ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be established. Where are your feet at today on the path of life? Where are they? The word ponder means to weigh mentally, to consider the path that your feet are on. Listen, and while there are a lot of paths that you and I walk on, the most important path in our life is our path of following after Jesus. Again, seven, eight of you that believe that. I'm telling you, it's the most important thing we do because it's one thing to know the abundant life that God has for us, but it's a whole different thing to know if our feet are actually on the path. In fact, a few years ago, God gave me a fresh insight to Psalms 119 that says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And when I used to read this, I used to think that God was just saying the same thing a different way. But God showed me that it's one thing to know the path of life. We read the word of God, we can understand the path of life. It's lighting the way for us to go. But it's a whole different thing to know if our feet are actually on the path. Listen, there are a lot of people that are confused because they think that since they know about the path, their feet are actually on the path, and they're not. If I were to ask you today, how many of you know as husbands, it's our responsibility, God's commanded us in his word, to love our wives as Christ loved the church? We'd go, absolutely, Pastor Richie, I know the path of life. But if you look down at your feet, do your feet happen to be on the path of life? Are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Wives, you are to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. I know that's not very popular, and we've got a, by the way, we have a wrong understanding of that, that we think it's dominance and not, and not being dominant. That's not what it's about. And by the way, husbands, if you're a husband, that verse isn't for you. So it's not for you to quote that to your wife. Preach it, Pastor Richie. Your wife gets to choose if she wants to walk in that. All right, I'm meddling a little bit here now. So there's a difference in knowing the path of life and knowing if my feet are on the path of life. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down? Because there are so many followers of Jesus Christ that they know the path. They've heard the path preached so many times. John Maxwell says we've already, we have been educated today way beyond our obedience. We know all the right things, and yet often our feet are off the path. And we're going, Pastor Richie, it doesn't work because th this is what the path of life says, and it's not working in my life. Why don't you check in your feet? Why don't you ponder your feet? Where are your feet? Are they on the path of life that God has for you? 
man, this is good today. Listen, there's a difference in knowing about something and walking in something. Two totally different things. If you want the, 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 the benefits of life, the promises of God showing up in your life, you got to get on the path of life. So since we're on the path of life, what's your next step? Because again, too many followers of Jesus Christ have stepped up onto the path and they've stopped. Pastor Richie, entertain me today. Worship team, entertain me today. Oh, yeah, well, they've got new lights today. They've got this today. They've got this today. And we're evaluating and critiquing things all the time. I've, I've got people that surprisingly, they talk to me about my messages in non-loving ways sometimes. They talk about my language and different things. And I'm sorry that I'm, my, my language isn't gooder like it should be. Um, but I know that's not the right thing, by the way. But listen... It, this isn't about an evaluation. This isn't about to critique the service and we walk out with our scorecards. Seven, nine, nine. Woo, man, it was awesome today. It's about us understanding that we are the body of Jesus Christ and we are all on a path of life and we all need to know what, where we're at and what is our next step. Because there are many of you, again, your hard drive has gotten frozen and you're stuck. And you don't know that you're stuck, but you're not moving forward in your relationship with God. Here's, here's what happens with us a lot of time. We struggle with destination disease. We keep thinking that we're going to arrive. You know, I went to a marriage small group and they talked about this. And I just thought my marriage would turn into utopia. That suddenly my wife would obey me. And she would serve me stuff all the time. She would do things for me. And then suddenly God would just make me love her. And I'd just have these feelings of love all the time. And it would just be, oh, hey, goo, 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 I love you so much. It's really not that way. We keep thinking that it's a destination when we don't understand it's a journey. And man, it's ugly sometimes. Sometimes we take a step forward and then we take a step back. Listen, we're going to do that. But listen, here's what my hope and desire is for us, is that we'll start taking four or five steps forward before we take a step back, rather than taking one step forward and four and five steps back. Because I watch it all the time. People get a revelation of God's goodness and love, and, and they take a step forward, and then they just let the enemy jack with them, and suddenly they find themselves five, six steps back. They're out of church. They're out of community with other believers. So we struggle with that and we give up quickly when we face adversity or God doesn't answer our, our prayer as fast as we think that he should. So we've got to begin to see our journey as a journey. That you're a work in progress. That I'm a work in progress. The person you're sitting next to is a work in progress. And we need to learn how to follow after Jesus, making him our Savior and our Lord. Listen, Christianity is about him, and it's about others, and then it's about you. We get that backwards. We think Christianity is all about God, us. Okay, God, I'm here today. Bless me. Wah, 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 wah. Listen, and when you're a, a brand new baby Christian, just so you know, God's cool with it. I don't know if I mentioned, but I'm going to be a grandpa in April. Have I mentioned that to you all yet? that a newsflash to you guys? Okay, I'm going to be a grandpa. Listen, when that baby comes, I'm going to be fine when little Neely is, is just kind of a baby. 
I'm going to be fine when she cries and when she messes in her britches and all that stuff. But if she's 25 years old and she's still messing in her britches and she's still going, wah, 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 something's wrong. Listen, I know I'm giving you one of these today in the, in the kisser, but I want you to know I'm, I'm tired of Christians getting the crap beat at them by the enemy. I am. They're, they're not learning how to take up the shield of faith. They're not standing in the gap on behalf of their marriage or their kids or a variety of things. And listen, we're in the middle of a war and we're acting like civilians. The enemy has plans to attack you, to come against you, to bring destruction. He's a thief. The Bible says he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're going to just walk around, oh, I just don't know, you're going to get ripped up by the enemy. And God wants you to know that you're more than a conqueror today. You're going to have to learn how to walk on the path. So here's my question for you today. What is your plan to succeed in your relationship with God? Pastor Rich, I didn't know I needed a plan. Listen, you need to have a plan. You need to know what your plan is to succeed as a follower of Jesus Christ. Listen, we've got a plan. In fact, we've got a four-step plan for you as a church, for you to succeed. In fact, we like to say it this way. If you'll give us a year and you'll follow the plan and do the things that we're asking you to do, your life will be changed for the better forever. You won't necessarily at the end of a year now be just Captain Christian and be able to understand all things. But I'm telling you, your life will be better. Here's our four-step plan. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Some of those things have events in them, but all of them are ongoing. First one is know God. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to give your life to Christ, today you can know God. But listen, God doesn't want you to stop there. God wants you to continue to be growing in your relationship with God. And catch this, he wants you to be knowing in your relationship with God. It is a relationship. And, and just like the relationship that I have with my wife, it is ongoing. In fact, the Apostle Paul, again, the greatest Christian that probably ever lived, Philippians 3, the end of his life is saying this, that I may know him. He still wanted to know more about God. He still wanted to understand God. But what's happened many times for followers of Jesus Christ is we get a, a revelation of God and we stop. That I might know him. Listen, one of the best ways to develop the relationship and one of the best ways to live the life of faith, to really know God, is through what you're doing right now, the celebration service. It, it is, in fact, if you'll just show up on a consistent basis, it'll happen. How many of you know that, that, that working out, the toughest thing about working out is getting to the gym? If you can just get there, you're probably going to work out, Right? I mean, most of us aren't going to get there and go, well, I'm just going to drink coffee and walk around. If you get there, you're going to work out. And listen, when you're in high school, you have to go to school, right? Your parents made you, right? Or the truant officer. I don't know if that's what they still call them. That's what they call them when I was growing up. And I know that because my brother, actually, I skipped school a little bit growing up, so I knew that. But the truant officer would make you go. But when you get in college, do you realize that you now have to make a choice to get up and go to school? I went to Bible school with a kid that was a fifth semester freshman. Just so you know, it should have been two semesters. So this is the guy that doesn't go to school. Listen, if you'll just show up on a consistent basis, you're going to hear the word of God and your faith's going to grow. Look what Romans 5.10 says. So then faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. You've got to know God. Step two is about finding freedom. 
God wants you to be free from things in your life that have entangled you. Fears, anxieties, uh, habitual sins. God wants you to be free. James 5 says this, confess your sins or your faults to each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. This happens in our small groups. This happens when you get into the lives of other people and you let people into your life. Listen, I know that can be scary and I'm not inviting you today to just share your life with everybody. You don't have to walk around and go, hey, here's my problem. Here's my issue. Here's my problem. But you need somebody. You need somebody in your life that you can go to and go, man, I just get so much anxiety at tax time. Or I just get this issue in my life that I keep trying to overcome and I'm not overcoming. Can, can you help me with that? And they can bring some health. Notice that we don't confess our sins for righteousness. We do that to God. But we confess our sins to one another that we might find healing. Right. Step three is discover your purpose. We do this through the growth track. That's why we're talking about this all the time. We're talking about you getting in there, figuring out who we are as a church, who you are, so that you can begin to understand your purpose. Because God wants you to discover the purpose that he's created you for. And I know some of you don't want to do that because you think that you're junk or that you've missed God so much that now God can't use you. I'm telling you, you are amazing. In fact, Ephesians 2 says this, For we, talking about followers of Jesus Christ, are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Your life was made for significance. Let me say it again. Your life was made for significance. Your life matters. And he wants you to discover your purpose so that you can do step four, that you and I can make a difference. That we can make a difference everywhere we're going. Listen, God's called you and I to make a difference in the lives of other people. The the people that serve on the dream team, that's what they're doing. They're making a difference. You you see a lot of these things going on and it looks like everything just happens. I'm telling you, there are people that serve on the dream team that are protecting us right now. They're walking around making sure no bad people get into. They're they're kids that are taking care of our kids right now so you can enjoy the service. There are people that prepared the coffee, thank you Jesus, in the morning. That had some bananas or your preference is donuts. We were able to come in and enjoy this so our tummy's not growling the whole time we're hearing the word of God. They're they're preparing the stuff. Listen, you're called to make a difference by, by serving your family. Let me say that again. You're called to make a difference by serving your family. Some of you need to stop waiting for your family to serve you and you start serving your family. We're called to make a difference by serving our society. Listen, and we do that when we allow our misery, something that we walk through, to become our ministry. There's some of you that walk through some difficult things and I'm telling you, there's some people that need to hear what you walked through and how you overcame so they can overcome. We serve one another when we allow the gift that is inside of us to allow that gift to come out and serve people. This, the um, video intro, that was Matt Grice did that. This is first video intro. I'm like, holy smokes, what a gift. Listen, there's a gift inside of every one of you. We're looking for it to come out so that you can serve not only this body, but we can serve society. Listen, God's plan for mankind has always been to serve mankind through the disciples, through the followers of Jesus Christ. Listen, and it's easy for us to give lip service that, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But how do we know if we're truly followers of Jesus Christ? By the love that we have for one another. Not a love that's hidden and, oh yeah, I've got love, I'm just not showing it to you. No, love that is expressed by the way we serve, the way that we're kind, the way that we give. In fact, here's how Jesus said it in John 13. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So I want to close today and ask you this. Who's your coach? 
Who, who is it that you're allowing to coach you in your relationship with Jesus? Who is it that, that is ahead of you that's gone before you? And, and I want to start by kind of making a bold request. And that is, I'm going to ask you to allow me to coach you and to pastor you. Allow me that this is what God has actually called me to do, to shepherd. That's what pastor means, this flock. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm here to make every decision for your life and I'm here to tell you what to do. It's not. But when I'm sharing something, open up your heart to what God is saying through me to you so that it will change your life. Listen, allow the rest of the staff to pastor you. Allow small group coaches to pastor you. Who, who is pastoring you? Here's another one. Who are you coaching? Some, somebody should be dumping into you, but you need to be dumping into other people. Maybe dumping's not the best word. <laughs> Someone's pouring into you, so you need to be pouring into other people. You need to be investing in others. <laughs> Y'all hear me? Y'all just lost it, didn't you? Listen, you need to be investing in some people. God's, God's put something inside of you for someone else. So listen, if you're, if you're ready to continue your journey on the path of life, I, I, I need to tell some of you again, you need to hit the reset button. You need to get stuck because there are some of you, listen to this, there are some of you that got hurt by a pastor and because you got hurt by a pastor, when you're hearing a pastor speak, you have a hard time hearing him. And I'm sorry I'm pointing at you as I'm saying that because that's not a good technique. Let me put this thing away. Seriously, a, a pastor hurts you. Someone hurts you. And so because of that, you really have some trust issues. But listen, you, you need to understand that the path of life that God has us on, the thing that God wants to do, he's going to lead you, but you have to understand that he's going to do it through people around you. And, and sometimes it gets a bit messy. And he works through imperfect people to perfect the work that he's done in you. That was so good, I'm going to have to say that one again. He works through imperfect people to perfect the work in you. Listen, you truly are God's masterpiece. You were created for good works. And I know the enemy's telling you he hasn't, but he has. But listen, everyone around you, they're created, they're, they're a masterpiece also. And they were created for good works. And some of them were created to speak into your life and for you to speak into their life.